Welcome back to the Keen Lake Podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, it's your host Jake speaking here, live from Lakeview East, Chicago, Illinois. I'm sitting in my house all by myself today and just saying, hey, it's been a while. Sorry about that for all the Keen Lake listeners out there. Um, it's been a little bit of a crazy few weeks, a little bit of a crazy last month for me. Um, and as we, some of you may know, Callum is no longer with us in the United States of America. He has been sent back to the UK to retain his citizenship or green card or visa, one of those things, some document he needs to live in America with. And he's back there to basically get it all worked out, check some boxes, have his signature, sign his initial somewhere so that the great, great Britain knows that he is living in the U.S., working the job that he says he is working, which is the brand ambassador for Avalauer Whiskey. Uh, Callum um, should be back hopefully in a few weeks. Um, personally, I've been on the road traveling quite a bit for my job as a Star Wars Whiskey Ambassador, and uh, Wilson Torres is nowhere to be seen still, so if you hear from him, let me know. No, actually, I will be with Wilson on Wednesday for a little whiskey event that we are doing at Brando Speakeasy here in Chicago, along with the Blum Brothers, Matt Brown, who has used to be or was a frequent guest of this podcast. But I just wanted to check in. I apologize for not recording any episodes in the last couple of weeks. Unannounced, just took some time off away from the podcast, from Keenan Lake, from social media kind of in general, not really... Um, wasn't it's more of a impromptu um, vacation, I guess, from it all. You could say mostly because of work. It wasn't a vacation of life. Uh, it's probably been the busiest month I've had since uh, March or since February of 2020, which is a great thing. We wanted uh, to be back to normal. We wanted to go back to what we were doing as brand ambassadors, as whiskey brands, um, for this last gosh 17 months now and we finally got our wish and uh <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where one of those situations in life where you look at yourself and say be thankful be careful what you wish for at the same time because it's been a hectic ride which i'm not complaining about whatsoever i'm so thankful to be back out in the market visiting people who i haven't seen in some people now two years plus and doing my job do, truly being a brand ambassador for a whiskey distillery I've started off um, with Star Ward, which is an Australian whiskey distillery, about uh, two and a half years ago now, which is crazy to think. Um, it's been that long, but when I first be, uh, signed on with them in the spring of 2019, I was the only U.S. employee along with our founder, Dave Vitali, and him and I basically traveled across the United States opening up markets working with our sales teams that we contract in each individual market to really establish our brand out there in the U.S., which was uh, it was a difficult task. And about two months in, we hired a third, our third employee who was her, uh, I, don't, I mean, I probably shouldn't say her name just because I didn't get permission to do so, but my coworker in New York, I'll go ahead and say her name. What are we protecting? Katrina, which is, she's an awesome, amazing person to work with. She was hired, and then it was us three for over a year where we um, kind of controlled each section of the United States while I also kind of controlled the West Coast. Uh, anything west of the Mississippi was going to events, doing market visits, doing whiskey classes, doing, um, I wouldn't want to call it master classes because I'm a master in nothing whatsoever other than just uh, creating podcast rants maybe. 
Not very good ones though either. Um, but yeah, it's been, so in February of tw- 2020, um, I was just all over the place, mostly out in the West Coast, um, hitting our, up our markets out there until we eventually hired a West Coast brand ambassador over COVID. And in that month leading up to COVID, I was traveling almost every single week going to uh, some great whiskey shows, hanging out with some great people, and opening up new markets, places like Denver, Colorado. So it was, uh, it was a great time, and then all of a sudden it was taken away from us, and I traveled once for work um, in May of, or excuse me, of, uh, in December of 2020, really just to resolve an issue with one of our single barrels. And that was all the traveling I did, and I didn't travel pretty much for an entire year until... Uh, was vaccinated in the spring and went to a wedding and did a little personal travel with my wife. But basically in July, we were, uh, we went full bore and just put our, uh, floor or pedal to the metal and went going. Um, I've been in like five or six different States over the last month, kind of lost count. I've done four events in four different cities, which has been amazing doing events in Colorado and Tennessee, Seattle, New York, all over the place, getting back to where we, uh, where we stood before COVID hit and took us all. And obviously we're retreating back a little bit. Um, even at this last event, I was at New York bar convent, um, Brooklyn, which is, you know, entitled BCB for obvious reasons. Uh, it's a great event. It has been a great event. They were only able to do it, um, over online last year, which takes away from that personal experience of, trying all these amazing brands from across the world and a variety of different spirits and all these different categories that are you might not even know of exist before you go and try a distillery that's making whiskey in Peru and uh, coffee liqueur that's being made in Australia, um, gin that's being made in Africa, all these amazing, all these amazing places, all these amazing distilleries and brands that are evolving and growing as COVID still persists. We did wear masks at this event, and it was an all-vaccinated event, so we just show proof of vaccination identification um, to enter BCB, which was. It felt safe. Um, there have been people I know that have gotten COVID still from the events, um, from the time spent in New York, even though they are vaccinated. I've had to take a couple different tests, uh, still negative, which is great, but um, at the same point, stalled my little road trip that I was alluding to on Instagram this week up to our great, great friends at the Dancing Goat Distillery, where I was going to hang out there for a couple of days and shoot some photos, record some podcasts, hang out in the distillery with uh, Nick and Bo, uh, Brady and Bo, Nick, Brady, Bo, Moss, you know, you never know, it's it combined it all together. But uh, yeah, just the, just wanted to be safe and not take a, not take a risk of the fact that I could be carrying COVID after all of my travels, even though I've had two negative COVID tests or one, one negative COVID test and taking a second one tomorrow, um, just in case uh, that you, know, you never know, something might be latent or have a false test and, you know, the Delta variant, it's been kind of scary, but I don't really want to dwell on that. I want to dwell on, I want to talk about what's been going on in a brand ambassador's life as um, the world has started to open back up, as America has felt safe, I guess all parts of America have felt safe, more safe to travel, more safe to open their doors and welcome in customers um, from all parts of all parts of the country. And in Chicago, we just, I guess, put in a new mask mandate policy for the city for any indoor activity. But um, I was just in New York and, you know, if, as long as you had vac- a vaccination card or 
whatever it may be. Uh, a lot of places they just didn't care about having masks, which is nice and it's freeing. Not trying to make it a political discussion, just trying to tell you about what I've experienced because this uh, podcast is not about politics. Like it's more about whiskey, and it's kind of uh, it's been a it's been a little bit of an adventure the last few few weeks and. Once again, I apologize for not uh, recording any podcasts. The intent was to record a lot of podcasts on the road. The, re- the intent initially was to record a lot of podcasts down at the New Orleans Bourbon Festival. But unfortunately, due to circumstances out of all of our control, the event was postponed, as they're calling it, until 2022. But I don't, th- I, don't it's, I, I didn't want to make it into a political discussion, but you know, it's it has to go there, I guess, in the sense of that I... No, it's not political. It's not political at all. It's more about cooperation between human beings that is the most concerning. I don't think there's anything uh, polarizing about asking to be considerate for one another as a human being and dropping all this notion of bullshit that we've come into become accustomed to over the last four years about this great divide we have between each other of what what color we voted for, what we assemble to, all that nonsense that we keep harping upon, which doesn't solve anything whatsoever. But I think the cancellation or postponement of New Orleans Bourbon Festival really speaks volumes to where we are at as society about not being able to be considerate to us, to our neighbors, to our friends, to people we haven't even made face-to-face contact with, but we've established relationships with over line over the last year and a half, two years. The event was canceled because um, they put out a feeler to all people who had signed up for the event or bought tickets to the event asking if they'd be cool with uh, either a proof of um, a negative test within, I think it was 72 hours of the event, something like that, or a vaccine a vaccine um, card showing proof of vaccination and also wearing a mask during the event. 50, 48% of people responded saying they would not attend the event if that happens. I think, in my opinion, that says more about people sticking to their the policies they have identified with, with the political alignment they've, I guess, let their life be consumed by. And it's sad that we've let this virus and we've let things that we love in life consume everything that we do. And the consequences are we can't enjoy the fun that we deserve as human beings. Now at BCB, you have to show proof of vaccination. They, you had to also show uh, your ID and you had to wear a mask during the event. I'll be honest, they were pretty liberal with the mask policy at the event um, as it persisted throughout the two days. I think it's kind of, it was kind of like a bar or a restaurant once you're seated inside of your booth. I mean, there's hundreds of booths there. So uh, once they're in the booth, you can kind of like lower your mask to have a sip, talk to the representative of the distillery in which the booth you are in but if you're kind of walking around everyone was pretty much wearing a mask if you're outside um, on the patio area people weren't wearing masks for obvious reasons being outside yet in a different part of the country we couldn't come together and say like yeah let's do it you know like this event hasn't happened in a couple of years it's a great event we have people coming from all over the country i know there are so many people from chicago geared up and revved to go um, down to New Orleans and meet their friends they have never met in person through online, through Instagram, through Facebook, through Instagram Lives, through podcasts. We've established all these friendships, and people were so excited to go live those out in person. I know I was. I know Callum was. I know um, Wilson was as well. 
when he originally bought his tickets. I was going to go down there, hopefully as a brand representative. Um, unfortunately, they weren't taking any any non-American spirits at the time for this festival. But I was still going to go down and record some podcasts, meet Mikey, meet Matt. I mean, meet so many people and hang out. Um, Brett Bauer from Sagamore was going to help me uh, pretty much co-host the podcast down there. And I was just going to rent an Airbnb and hang out with people and do some side events and all that good stuff. But we couldn't figure out people, I guess, collectively half the people couldn't figure out what it meant to be a human and not let their political alliance shed, shed away from their skin. It's almost tattooed on you. It's really interesting being travel traveling around America, uh, all parts of it. I mean, I've been in the West coast, I've been in the South, I've been in the Midwest, I've been on the East coast, I've been in the Southeast and it's really interesting to see how people have attached identification to politics. I think I put a post out the other day saying how I saw a sticker on a guy's Pelican suitcase in first class on an airline. So the guy was traveling for business, you could tell, and a sticker on his suitcase said, make America gay, make liberals gay again, Trump 2024. You're like, what business would want anybody advertising their politics, regardless if it's conservative or liberal, on your suitcase? You see people wearing all these t-shirts saying, uh, you know, like, vets. I I don't even think they're even vets, but people wearing t-shirts that um, have American flags on them that are uh, companies that are made by by veterans, t-shirt companies and stuff saying, I stand with, I stand during the national anthem, uh, kneelers are losers or stuff like that on these t-shirts. And it's not even about the political identification that you lean towards. It's about why do you feel you have to wear a t-shirt and advertise what you believe in on a t-shirt? I saw a guy in Des Moines, Iowa at a farmer's market wearing him and his, I think him and his wife were both wearing t-shirts that said, uh, in Fauci, we trust. You're like, what? Fauci has become a t-shirt. He's become a prop for you to advertise. Like whatever happened, just wearing like a band t-shirt saying like, oh, this is the band I like. Now it's about like, here's the political alignment I have. Here is what I believe in. Here is why I won't get vaccinated. Here's why I will get vaccinated. Well, that's all merry and great. I, I'm vaccinated. I mean, obviously I just said it was an event where you get a proof of a vaccination, I hope that people who are able to do get vaccinated based on the conversations I've had with so many people in the medical world, I'm thankful to have a best friend who's a surgeon. I'm thankful to have one of my great friends in life being an uh, ER nurse, a practitioner where she worked in the COVID units. I have so many nurses and so many other people that work in the medical world in my family that were saving lives over the last year and a half. And being able to sit down and talk about a vaccination and what it is and how it came about and what it does to your body. Um, that's, I guess, really great thing to have in life um, where you can understand and be educated about things. I wish everybody had that. I wish everybody was safe enough to, not even safe enough, it was about getting back to the consideration of our neighbors and, and doing all that because I have traveled across the country the last month or so and I've seen so much great, so many great things. I've seen political divide. I've seen societal divide. 
And I'll try to steer away from that as much as possible, but I guess it's just on my mind as I'm sitting here by myself, collecting my thoughts, drinking a nice glass of Eagle Rare, by the, by the way. Take a little sip. Mm. Always good. Actually found that in uh, Whole Foods at in Seattle for thirty three ninety nine, just sitting there on the shelf. And I'm like, can you buy more than one? And the clerk was like, why wouldn't you be able to? I'm like, ah, ah, gotcha. But I only had enough room in my bag for one, so I bought one. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been really cool, like seeing people get back to normalcy um, in so many different markets and hanging out, uh, standing in lines. I mean, we had a line in Seattle at a uh, at a whiskey and food festival pairing at their zoo out there in Seattle. It's like a two, I think two three hour event. Awesome local event, 700 people in an evening, coming out, hanging out outside, music playing, all these great vendors set up, some food trucks, tabletops, and then a whiskey booth with, I think we had five or six brands inside of there. Our line at one point has to be backed up like 75 people, and people are willing to wait and assemble and be good individuals to the people in front of them and be laughing and talking. And as I would see like a group of two approach of me and be like, I'd grab the next two in line. It's like, guys, come up here. Let's talk together. Why don't I have to just talk to two at a time? I can talk to two. I can talk to four. I can talk to six. I can talk to eight people at a time about my whiskey and you know, share it with you, give you a cocktail, whatever you need, whatever you want. Let's do it together. And there was no, there's no anger. There's no viral videos of what you're seeing on these airlines where people are attacking flight attendants for doing their goddamn job which is a whole different discussion flying every I've been flying multiple times a week, the last four or five weeks. And mostly everyone, I mean, I've, I've seen one little, little conflict about someone just like asking to put their mask up and they're, you know, whatever that situation is, but people are being considerate and they're all we're seeing is the horror stories and more things online to divide us, which is very sad. And I'm just very fortunate enough and I'm thankful also to, be out there and see what the great what's great about America like what's where we have these different divisions but at the same time we can come together through events that are whiskey and food driven that have partaken 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 in um and had some really great fun you know like I've been in the south where <laughs> driving with people um market managers driving with people um from this industry that we probably see different sides of a political line on, but for eight hours we can just be like homies and chat and have a good time together, a good professional time, but also a good personal time and share personal stories about our lives and laugh, um, disagree, but not argue, just have a conversation. And that's great to see. It's been amazing to see that in um, places like Tennessee and and Texas where I've been. Um, yeah, it's been it's been rewarding, and then obviously, you know, I'm, I think people probably see me as a central liberal person, I guess, for the most part, but very liberal in my societal politics and societal um, concerns with people. Anything that's about free will, I'm pretty much uh, go ahead and do it as long as you aren't hurting anybody else. The life I lived, it's something that I grew up doing in college. I covered 
the gay rights movement where people were able to be married in Iowa in 2009. We were one of the first states to legalize gay marriage, and I covered that for magazines there while I was in college. And it was a very rewarding effort and something that I would try to cover in a subjective manner, but they're really, or an objective manner. But in journalism, the lie of it all is that you can't remove subjectivity from your writing style, from your personality as a human being. It always shines through in some small percentage. And for me, it was sitting there photographing events uh, from both sides, people who were angry and angsty against gay marriage and people that were crying, sobbing when they knew that the partner they've been with for decades could now be called their wife or husband. And that emotional impact is too, too strong not to feel. And if you can see two women who are in their mid-40s who have children they've adopted together now legally be able to be called each other their wives and the the amount of emotion that is consumed on their faces, if that doesn't vibrate across a field, across a conference room, wherever you're seeing this take place, and that doesn't shed onto your body, and consume you, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with you, man. Like, that's the beauty of life, is happiness. And seeing happiness in others. And bringing happiness to each other. And that's what I'm, I'm so thankful to be able to do. I don't, I don't do anything great in life. I sell whiskey. I take whiskey from Australia to different parts of America and talk about it. Consume it. Give it to others. And hopefully, after my interaction with... You maybe, you leave with a smile on your face. I don't even care if you buy the whiskey. I hope you just had a nice time. And doing that all across the country the last few weeks, it's been tiring. It's been 12, 13, 14, 15 hour days. I'm not complaining because I love my job. It's been tiresome. Um, But it's been great. Like today was my my first real day off of like just sitting back and relaxing not having to do anything other than get a COVID test negative once again. And having having a time to, to settle on and just reminisce about the last few weeks. And it's also been sad to see what's happened over the last few weeks. We have the whole slapdick controversy with Chrissy, who's I've never met personally, just online, through some Zoom tastings, um, talking about buying a barrel together. I've worked with the Kansas City Whiskey Guild, which she's a part of, or works with, I should say. Um, Don't know the exact relationship they have, but definitely acquaintances. And to see how that group of dudes that's on the board of the Kansas City Whiskey Guild, if there's any women on there that I don't know of, I apologize. But to see how they stepped up and stood up for Chrissy from Gomer's, who has um, only heard but seen online too, a great whiskey store, a great page um, on Instagram. It's, 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 it's moving. It's what men should be. When people talk about like, yeah, I, I've, 
I've come into some conversations about what a man is, you know, with that typical Southern mentality or people kind of judging me for the way I dress or the way I look. (laughs) And you're like, okay, cool. Like if you're going to stick to this whole like 1950s mentality of what a man is, go for it. But times are moving on. And if you can't have empathy and sympathy, I would suggest just really, really, why do you open the door? I'm not going to suggest anything, but why, I would ask you, why do you open the door today? Why do you even walk outside? Because it's a hell of a lot harder to hate than it is to love or to just even accept people. So seeing things that's happened online like that is, it's sad. It's unforgiving in a way. Not saying that people can't change. You shouldn't get a second chance. I don't want to see people like lose their livelihood or be canceled. I hate all that bullshit too. But it really makes you question, why are people getting into the whiskey industry? What is the whiskey industry? People understand really what it is. Um, To work in this industry is very difficult. It's not just about going out to a bar and putting down your credit card and drinking and Hopefully there's someone there at the bar drinking your whiskey too and you buy them around or whatever it may be. That definitely does that happen? 100%. I've had some really fun parties in the last few weeks that uh, I've our, my brand has put on or co-branded with with other brands. Mr. Black, shout out to you guys. To Stefan and all the team over there. Um, been an amazing time working with you guys across the country the last few weeks. But... It's not just, it's not all fun and games. It's a lot of fun and games, but it's also, you know, driving uh, 300 miles on your rental car in a day in uh, the great the great city of Dallas, Texas, and visiting a bunch of accounts and putting out some fires and uh, not literally putting a piece of food in your body until nine o'clock at night. Um, yeah, and it's tough. It's, 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 it's difficult. It's uh, nothing I'm complaining about, not asking for any tears to be shed for me because God knows I don't need that. But at the same time, I, I, I've been really sitting back and looking at Instagram. Um, that's the platform that I personally use the most. Um, that's the platform that Keena Lake uses the most. And I really wonder what people that want, that have built this own little niche of the whiskey world um, through social media, if they really understand what, what it entails to be a whiskey ambassador, to be a sales rep, to work in marketing for whiskey. Because it's, there is perks, there's fun, um, there's a lot of jovial times with it. But there's a lot of behind the scenes work that I don't think a lot of people would want to do. Over the last couple of few years of being in a brand, being a brand ambassador, um, being a brand representative out in the public for multiple brands, uh, I've had people strip tell me like, oh, I should have your job or like, I want your job. Not like, Hey, I want to do what you do. Like, how could I do that? Just strip tell me like, oh, I should have your job. And you're like, I'm, I'm very caught off guard and almost misunderstanding that person for what they're really saying to me. And then which feels like, two minutes of staring at them and trying to judge them and figuring out what their intent is 
which is probably more like three seconds, I'm like, oh, this individual is coming at me personally, which for, for whatever reason, I don't know. And you take a step back and be like, oh, okay, cool, man. Like, yeah, like it's a fun industry to work with and kill them with kindness, kill them with uh, a little bit of sense of reality, but also just to just be very short and say, yeah, it's a fun thing. Here's the perks. Yeah, you could probably do it. You'd be great at it and give them a compliment and, and move on. But lately, I feel like looking at Instagram, looking at, I basically I haven't gotten Facebook in months. Um, I feel like we could possibly be wearing whiskey as a uniform. Almost how as kids or even adults, we, we dress like the bands we love. We dress like the actors we see on screen. I've been recently reading um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the novel, uh, the novelization that Quentin Tarantino wrote of the movie. And he talks about how Cliff, Brad Pitt's character, his look in the movie is based off of a, of a film that was uh, in the 60s, I believe, in the early 60s, about a, about a motorcycle gang. And they wore denim boots and black t-shirts. And Cliff is wearing that in the opening scenes of the movie. But as the sequel came out to this um, motorcycle gang movie, it became such a part of fashion in the 60s that he had to step back away from wearing it. So you see him wearing moccasins instead of black boots in the movie because it became too fashion noir to be dressing like a motorcycle gang member. And I feel like almost that's how we are. Are we treating whiskey that way? Where is this a fad? How long is it going to last? I know people love whiskey, but how many, how many like uh, bottle shots of Weller? How many bottle shots of Buffalo Trace? And even though I'm drinking Gold Eagle here because it's literally the only whiskey I have upstairs in my house right now, how many can we post of it? How many bottles do you actually have? How much do you actually care about with these new brands that are sending you bottles? Are, do you enjoy the whiskey or do you enjoy being a part of something new and getting that whiskey for free and feeling wanted and feeling important? Because that's what we, that's very important to human beings in life, feeling important, feeling understood, feeling attached to a community. And I keep, I keep hearing people say, oh, it's an amazing community, amazing community. Well, how many people in that amazing community said they wouldn't wear a mask, so they, said they wouldn't show a negative COVID test within 72 hours of an event because they're too selfish. And I'm not saying that every person that was going to attend that show, because there's a lot of people attend those whiskey shows because they cost a lot of money. They have a lot of money. They're not on Instagram. They're not on social media other than maybe in a few Facebook groups where they post like what they bought that day, trying to brag and be, um, show importance or show, that they're superior to the people that they know about their whiskey collection. And it is a collection to those kind of people. It's not a, it's not a shelf. It is a collection. But how many of those people are too self, are, that proclaim themselves to be a part of the whiskey community are too selfish to understand what's happening in the world and how there's a greater complexity and a greater evil that we can't see as human beings we can only listen to experts and not some loon on youtube about 
how to treat your body to be present and to be thankful, but also considerate to your your fellow neighbors, your literal neighbors and the neighbors all across this country and all across this world. I know I'm kind of getting a little high and mighty here. I don't intend to be. But like as somebody who wicks, who works in the whiskey world, as somebody I, I think I approach each day, I walk out of my house each day with kindness in my heart and optimism for the future, optimism for, hum, for humanity. It's very hard this time <laughs> in this time of life to hold on to that. <clears throat> but I wonder where what where are we really going? What are we really doing? What do we what it, what is this online community? And how is it growing? Are brands really growing off of it? I think they are. I I hope they are because I've messed a lot of time into it. Mm-hmm. I've met and I have met some really great people. And the people that you know, I'm obviously the people that I've, I talk with on a daily basis or a weekly basis. This isn't like directed at you. It's the people that create slapdick whiskey. It's the people that hoard these bottles and act like they're some connoisseur and. I literally had somebody the other day in a distill in a in a whiskey bar tell me they're a whiskey connoisseur and I'm like, Oh, cool. And like the best whiskey they could name is like Nika. And it's like, oh and that's how they said it, Nika. I'm like, Oh yeah? Uh what's your favorite? Like, uh, you know, like the 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 coffee and you're like, Okay, like like in Buffalo Traces are like a Okay, you're working at a whiskey bar. Like, figure this out. Like, you can't just like name out things that you you've tried once, and it's the best that you got. And say you're a connoisseur. I get it. You're trying to come the come to the level of conversation that me and a few other people that are a part of our brand ambassadors and working work professionally in whiskey are having with having a conversation with the other bartender who doesn't know a lot about spirits, but. I think it's almost like a facade at this point. What whiskey is doing, it's a trend. It's the next the next big thing on like TikTok, then reels and this and that. Where are we going with life? Are we consuming anything or is of anything of substance? Is it is it worthwhile being on Instagram and posting bottles and doing all this? Are we truly having conversations? Are people are they doing it because they love it? Or are they doing it for a job? Are they doing it for a potential job along the lines? I mean, if you want to work in the whiskey industry, I'd say more power to you. Um, I got into it in my late 20s, or I guess in my mid-20s with beer. But uh, I, it's like, I'll tell you, if you like working working long out, long hours each day and a lot of hours in a week and making somewhere between thirty to $40,000 if you're lucky, that's where you're going to start. That's your base point. Um, unless you just luck out and you have a massive following online and somebody wants to hire you as an ambassador, which has happened and is happening. And it's a whole different conversation to have about, about um, the whiskey industry where people are uh, buying, not buying, but hiring ambassadors for followers. They're followers, essentially, or they're following. It feels like with some people when I've had conversations with people who've been offered positions, um, they have high followings and they like kind of know like, you know, is this, is this company believe in me as the person selling the whiskey or me getting, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 followers right away, um, through me. 
as a vehicle to their market. It, it, it's just another question to, to raise. And, you know, it goes in, there's another part I've been, <laughs> there's been a sensitivity that's come through also on social media that just is so just disturbing to me about bartenders and crying about their recipes being stolen and crying about not getting tagged in posts and all this. And I, and trust me, I'm, I'm a photographer. I've worked in the creative space, um, since I was in college, since I was in high school, but in not get credited for photos, or I've had people, you know, rip my photos off and claim them as their own, enter them into contests, all that you should get credit. But you know what, if you're paid for something, that brand owns it. And bartenders are complaining about their photos and their recipes being posted online by brands. Well, those brands paid for your work. So that brand subsequently owns your content and then they post about it and whine about it and create this huge uproar online in the bartending community. And then of course the bartending community will support the bartender without actually knowing the entire complexity of the situation and all that blind support that happens in all, all parts of life. That's also another reason why I kind of avoid social media um, is by blind commitment through every aspect of life and every situation, if you like every topical event is it's dangerous because you don't know what you're yelling at and you could be yelling at a complete void or you could be yelling at a massive company that has a lot of pull in the industry that didn't do anything wrong. And it's not the, the brand, the label. Sure. They'll get a little backlash for a week, but you know, who's the people that are really affected by that? It's the people beyond that label. It's the people beyond that distillery that work in an office that are trying to do their daily job, trying to do their goddamn best. And I'm looking at a piece of memorabilia of a converse of a direct um, situation that I'm I can't personally talk about. But this brand is very representative, very representative in my face right now. It's not Eagle Air, but uh, I'm just thinking. People love to complain. People love attention. And what is the cost of that? The cost of being heard. The cost of feeling supported, even though you're not even in the right. You have no argument, no grounds to argue upon. And this whole sensitivity that's building in the whiskey community, in the bartending community, it's really getting sick to listen to and to be just... And, to pay attention to like we're not saving the world we're building cocktails we're building brands we're selling whiskey we're selling a legal drug that's what we're doing at the end of the day and goddamn, i love it i'm so thankful to have it but i question it i question what is your true purpose of being online and telling a story of a bottle that you bought a brand you believe in or a brand that's just paying you off because with that there's laws that every individual distillery has to follow that's set through discus and people who are create whiskey pages online don't have to follow that but they're using brands as a part of their projection or their building base to gain more followers. We can't post pictures of children on 
um, our social media pages because obviously alcohol is illegal for anybody under the age of 21. It is illegal to post pictures of you actually sipping whiskey, sipping beer for brands to post anything about um, consuming alcohol. Just a couple of laws right there. And I feel very weird about people posting things, pictures, videos of their children on their whiskey pages. You've dedicated your page to whiskey. You've dedicated your your page to spirits, um, to alcohol in general. And you're posting pictures of children? Like, that's weird. That's really weird for me. Like, I, 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 I get it if it's like a Father's Day or a Mother's Day post and it's a picture of your family saying like, God bless the family, but then like you throw a bottle of like Weller into the, your kid's hands. I, I know it's funny, it's a joke, but like you're establishing yourself as a whiskey page. We have laws to follow as brands, also as brands and brand ambassadors, if our, um, if our personal page is directly connected to our individual uh, professional brands. And it, it, it's, it's, it's just concerning for me. I, I don't, I'm not trying to like shout anybody out or get anybody canceled, but I, I, I don't know if people understand. It gets back to this whole misunderstanding of like what it means to be a, a brand ambassador, what it means to be a brand representative, and then this whiskey voice online. And it's something that I have to kind of figure out and navigate on an each on a daily basis because I am a brand ambassador for a distillery. My full-time job is to be a star Wars brand ambassador. I've I, mentioned I cover multiple regions of this country. Um, and then I also started this podcast before I got my job at star Wars. We're approaching three years of this, of keying the lake in December. And I've worked with the cobalt or uh, used to work for cobalt. Um, I have worked for star Wars now for two and a half years. And I started this page with the intent of kind of doing what good beer hunting did with beer, um, an online forum, uh, I don't know how many years ago. And I started contributing to them in like 2014. I was like, Oh, it's cool. Like having like a, a, a page for like whiskey as you guys had like a page for beer, maybe not going in the direction that they've taken their content over the last few years, but, uh, just the idea of having that, having that platform and telling the story of whiskey. And that was kind of my whole thing. And then I've inter- had to manage intertwining my brand with Keen the Lake. Um, and it's difficult. It's a different perspective to have. It's probably why I'm a little emotionally charged by it. And I don't think it, I don't think it's wrong. I think it's part of the growing pains that we're, de- we're uh, I guess just having a, being a part of right now um, when it comes to discerning this whole whiskey identity through social media and spirits identity through social media as brands, as brand ambassadors, and also as, um, personalities and on the, on those individual platforms. It's, um, I'm not calling people out. I'm, it's more me just kind of airing my thoughts collectively out there and would love to hear what people think. I wish I had, uh, two co-hosts here to have a sounding board to talk back to me, but one's in, England and I'm sure one is uh I don't know where the other one is um we'll see but it's just thoughts that I've I've had I've been holding on to for quite a while in as a brand ambassador and I guess as a personality in the whiskey world I'm not sure how much that is I, I've been wondering if I've been integrating the two too much 
am relying on Keen the Lake to sell Star Ward, to sell Union Horse, to sell Avalauer, the brands that I, Callum, and Wilson represent. Because that was never my intention. I've been offered free whiskey through brands. Um, I've only ever posted about brands that I believe in or I'm friends with and support. Um, I've been paid, I guess, by other brands. I don't think I've been paid since I started with Star Ward. Or at least I haven't accepted a check from people. Um, I do contract photography for people sometimes. I don't always post it. Usually don't post it. So, yeah, it's something I also have to deal with and something that I have to discern for myself if I'm doing this call correctly, if if I'm making the right choices. But I think the best thing to, to keep continuing and following and believing is telling a story and telling it with an open heart and being being open emotionally um, and personally to to all people and what they have to say. Um, I don't like to see hate online. So if I'm, if it's coming off that way, this is not what I'm trying to do. I'm really standing up for people that I'm trying to stand up for people that I know who work in this whiskey industry that are kind of going through some stuff and facing a lot of, controversy behind the scenes and dealing with what's been erupting through the whiskey bartending community over the last couple of months. A lot of that has to do with COVID related things and people doing um, illegal practices online or just really spewing out lies and telling, um, creating controversy, controversy does not be created just to attack people and using hate as as a missile, as a weapon to take down others, take down good people, take down good brands. Um, yeah, but hopefully we can establish ourselves um, as all around good people because there's so many in this whiskey community or whatever you want to call it on this online forum. I've met so many great people. Um, I'm, I'm saddened that we didn't get to connect and do things in person. Once again, that's the reason why there hasn't been a couple podcasts because we had things planned. I had um, a lot of things in New Orleans. I always have things planned when I travel. I always take two microphones and my recorder with me. Um, I zoom, my zoom uh, caster with me every time I travel. But we are always so busy. Um, and then when you have finally have a downtime and it's like midnight, one in the morning, and you're like, let's go record a podcast. It's probably the worst idea we could possibly do at that time. <laughs> we came across it a few times, me and some friends and me and my coworkers, where it was, uh, where it was like bar closing or time to call it a night, heading back to our, our separate hotels or if we're all staying in the same hotel, maybe like, hey, let's go and record a podcast. And like, it sounds great in theory, but then by the time you take that Uber ride home, 10 minutes later, you're like, I'll see you in the morning or I'll see you tomorrow or I'll see you in the next city. And uh, probably the worst thing you do is <laughs> record anything and incriminate yourself on anything you didn't want the world to hear out there. Even though we don't have that far of a reach, but there are some, there are some very, uh, very uh, 
attentive listeners, I believe we have in India, quite a few, quite a few. So we do get internationally over to the UK as well. And I'm sure Callum is spreading the good, the good word of Key in the Lake over in the UK right now as he dots his I's and crosses his T's and signs his life away to England to work in the great states of America. And Wilson, wherever you are, I hope you're doing well. I will see you Wednesday night. Uh, Matt Brown, you beautiful bastard, I will also see you Wednesday night. I will see the great people of the People's Club who are attending our event at Brando's. Oh, Danny, Danny, I will see you Wednesday night too. Uh, one of the best bartenders in the city of Chicago. So if you have some time to come visit Chicago this summer, make sure you go to Brando's Speakeasy and get a cocktail from Danny because he's one of the best bartenders in this great city of Chicago. I've been singing a lot today. There's been my wife's out of town and the house is mine. So I just sing. I sing. Why Why? Why talk when you can sing? But I hope, uh, hope nothing came off too personal to anybody today. I've just been having some conversations in my head. I've been having conversations with the people that we obviously haven't recorded. And I wanted to put it out there. I'm sure, um, you know, people like uh, Jamie Duffy and Wilson and Callum and Matt and our other friends of the podcast, um, they might have some thoughts on this. And so maybe we can we can uh, circle back and revisit some of these conversations. And anything you guys want to talk about, um, hit me up at Key in the Lake. I'm the only person that runs that account. So my thoughts are my own and not Callum and Wilson's. So if you have any beef with me or anything you like to discuss or just chat about, throw it out there in those DMs, baby. Other than that, um, appreciate the time. Wow, can't believe we actually been talking for 50 minutes. Didn't intend to do that. Thought it would go about 20, 25. But here we are on a lovely Monday night. As summer is winding down this last month, but we still have a month of summer left. Thank you, Chris Blantner, Urban Bourbonist, for pointing that out this evening. For all of you people out there who have kids and are going to school, back to school shopping has ended and the period bell has rang for first period in the beginning of a new school year. Yes, your summer is over, but ours is still continuing because we don't have children. We have lives. No, I'm just kidding. Can't wait to have kids. But uh, until next time, guys, we will be recording some podcasts here in the very near future. Um, with our friends, especially when Callum gets back and we will be giving it a go. Uh, we have also have a tasting coming up in September. That's going to be virtual and hopefully a little bit in person. We're still trying to figure that whole thing out right now. But until then, I appreciate everything. You guys are the best. I will never take off two weeks again in between podcasts. How about that? Good? Great. Well, have a good night. Have a good rest of your week and stay safe. Be good. <laughs>